0: Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you in the audience may be. Uh, on behalf of RBCS, welcome to this webinar on One Key Idea. Uh, in this case, we're going to be talking about return on investment for test automation. I am coming to you from an undisclosed live location. Uh, you may hear some audience uh, noise in the background and maybe some discussion. Uh, they will be uh, uh, given the first shot at uh, asking questions when we get into the Q&A period. So you will hear them um, asking questions, but uh, we will not be revealing the mysterious location from whence this uh, uh, broadcast comes. Um, I am Rex Black, uh, president of RBCS. It's, uh, we're a worldwide testing and quality assurance firm serving clients ranging from small startups to global enterprises Uh, We've been around since 1994, delivering insight and confidence to hundreds of clients around the world. Our team of international consultants deliver customized training, consulting, and expert services to companies that are looking to improve their test and quality assurance practices. And in the spirit of the One Key Idea presentations, we're going to get right to the point here. I'm going to skip any further comments on the intro and uh, get into test automation ROI. So, How to understand the return on investment of test automation. Well, first off, of course, you have to understand what exactly it is you are trying to accomplish with your automation. Goals can vary. Uh, So in some cases, the goal is to automate tests that could not be run manually. Um, Examples of this are performance and uh, reliability. And in that case, the ROI is generally measured simply through what would be thought of as, say, the insurance value of the tests. Um, how much is at risk? How bad would it be if that risk became a reality? Um, how much should we spend trying to manage that risk? Uh, but in many cases, one or, or perhaps more than one of the objectives of, of um, includes reducing the amount of effort required to achieve a given level of, of risk mitigation, to achieve a certain level of test coverage. Um, so when the uh, focus is on effort reduction, uh, being more, more efficient, whether for the purposes of saving money or for the purpose of Freeing up, uh, staff and resources to focus on new product and new, uh, feature development, then, um, the analysis of the return on investment of the test automation can proceed according to the model that's shown, uh, here on this slide. So, the, 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 what's being suggested here in this slide is that you, you quantify, um, for both your manual tests and your automated tests, three different average costs. The average cost to develop a new test, manual or automated, the average cost to execute the test, manual or automated, and the average cost to maintain the tests, manual or automated. So you've got six data points there, uh, three categories of, of costs, develop, execute, maintain, uh, two data points for each category: one for uh, the manual, one for automated. The cost calculation needs to be average, the average cost. So it takes into account both the fixed costs uh, associated with the the um, testing, both again manual and automated, as well as the variable costs, which will tend to be driven by the um, you know the cost per test, effectively. As a general rule, the fixed costs are higher for automated tests and lower for manual tests. Uh, So um, if we look at this slide here, and these are completely made-up numbers just to illustrate a point, um, what we see is our cost to develop a test manual versus automated. We are investing $90 um, in each automated test that, we create, right? so that's our that's our investment basically, because it will cost ten dollars to create a manual test, and it costs a hundred dollars to create an automated test. Okay, so ninety dollar investment. Um, now, right there, part of the automation ROI uh, becomes clear because um, the the automated cost, the average automated cost is driven, as I said, to some extent by fixed costs, which would not exist for the manual test. So the cost of tooling and um, possibly ongoing maintenance of the tools and uh, ramp up of people and, and so on and so forth. Um, so one of the things that's, that's, in, that's helpful in terms of achieving a higher test automation ROI is to increase the number of automated tests that you intend to create. In other words, automate when there are going to be a lot of tests to automate. If you're gonna automate in a situation where there just aren't that many tests, you don't have a whole lot of tests to spread your fixed costs over, and it's very hard to get a positive return on investment for that, uh, just because the investment per test is so much higher. Now, moving on to the cost of execution, Um, we see here that it costs $50 on average to execute a manual test and $25 on average to execute the automated test. So every time we run the automated test, we save $25. Um, So basically, we run the automated test four times. That will repay our $90 plus interest. Now, that disregards something very important, which is maintenance, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Um, But here again, we're looking at the cost of execution, a second important point from a maximizing test automation ROI becomes uh, important or visible. Uh, anything that we can do to drive down the average cost of executing an automated test is going to help improve our ROI. Now, things that make automated tests expensive to execute are things like false positives, false negatives, and flaky tests. When you have those kinds of things going on that require manual intervention to clear up the results and what they mean, that introduces a pretty high cost of, of execution. Um, so you want to make the tests as hands-off, unattended as you can possibly make them. Um, <clears throat> other things that can increase the cost of execution um, would would be things like tests that are are uh, uh, written in such a way as to require uh, human inter- intervention to keep the test running or human intervention to interpret the results. Um, then, so you want to make sure that you're selecting tests that um, are are um, going to be, uh, as I said, as, as unattended and require as little follow-up work as possible uh, to to interpret the results. And that will tend to move the average cost of execution down Um, which means that the ROI per test execution goes up, and that's how you're going to pay back your initial investment. Now we get to the place where many a otherwise good test automation project has collapsed, um, which is maintenance. Um, So we see here what we what what in this hypothetical example with made up numbers, uh, the cost of maintaining a manual test on average is $10, the same as developing it. So we're basically we're saying it's like writing it from scratch. Uh, the cost of maintaining the average, uh, the average cost of maintaining an automated test is $30, which is significantly less than $100, but it's still significantly more than the $10 to maintain the manual test. So this is where you can get really killed because if you had to, to just based on these numbers, if you had to um, Repeat or excuse me to, to um, maintain the automated test every single time you were going to repeat them Then your savings would only be five dollars rather than $25 as shown in this example because you'd have that thirty dollars Maintenance cost on top of the twenty five dollars to execute and then the ten dollars of maintaining the automated or the manual test Would add to the fifty dollars so it'd be sixty dollars versus fifty five dollars You're only saving five dollars each time you execute the test it takes 18 times to, to break even. Um, and I have seen this actually get completely upside down where the cost of maintaining the test was so high that you actually have a negative return on investment. One of the classic symptoms of that without even doing the math here is if you are, um, if you have an, an automated test set and you have a certain number of people whose job it is to create and maintain the automated tests, and they have not created a new automated test in months. Now all of their effort is going to maintaining the existing tests. It's a pretty safe bet that you have a negative return on investment without even doing this math. Um, So you definitely want to look for ways of reducing the cost of maintenance um, and reducing the frequency of maintenance. Those are the two things. One of the best things you can do to reduce the cost and frequency of maintenance is don't automate through graphical user interfaces. Automate through other interfaces. Graphical user interfaces are brittle. You want them to be able to change because that's how you make a product better is by adding new features which inherently changes its graphical user interface or improving its usability, which inherently changes its graphical user interface. There are a million great reasons why you want to look at other interfaces like application like APIs, application program interfaces, data layers, uh, network services, layers, etc. to try to do your automation. I did a, a keynote speech at in, in um, Nokia's test dive in uh, uh, Krakow last month, which is recorded and available for you on the RBCS YouTube channel if you want to give it a listen. Um, this is uh, is is something where I talk about non GUI test automation and it's uh, it's it's really a great way to to try to minimize the uh, likelihood of getting killed by maintenance costs um, so yeah maintenance cost maintenance frequency the two things you want to try to reduce uh, the uh, now what will what what can help do that is Proper test automation architecture up front. So, so ironically enough, if you attempt to drive down your upfront development costs, if you try to reduce your upfront average te- test automation development costs, that can have the long run effect if you do it the wrong way by shortcutting architecture of increasing your maintenance costs. So, it's good to reduce your average cost of developing automated tests by Automating only when there are a lot of tests to automate, but don't ever try to drive down your average cost of test automation by shortcutting architecture, because that will come back and nail you in terms of um, in terms of uh, maintenance costs. Okay, so that is the uh, brief but hopefully uh, informative uh, one key idea I wanted to share with you for December. Um, as usual, I will put up the advertisement while we get into QA. I'll open it up to our folks here. Uh, Eric? So I noticed that you can comment about the additional benefit of how you can run automated tests more frequently. So you don't have to run the same time. You really about that? Yeah, that's a good point. So Eric, Eric says an additional benefit that I did not mention for automation was. Your ability to run tests more frequently than you would if you are running them manually and that yes, that's of course a, a, a important benefit in a number of settings obviously if you're doing some continuous integration continuous deployment continuous uh, uh, development types of, uh, of um, uh, Operations of, 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 of projects uh, you know that that's Key to that, right, that ability to integrate that automation into your whole uh, continuous integration pipeline and have that going on an ongoing basis, is it simply would be impossible to do anything uh, similar manually, right? So, yeah, that ability to run the test more frequently um, is, is of course, going to help you um, accomplish the, the big shift left type of objective of find and remove bugs closer to their point of origin, which is uh, obviously... A, a, a large benefit, and if if well, if you want to try to quantify the value of that, what you can do is look at the comparative cost of a bug found, say, in system test or system integration test, versus the cost of a bug that's found as part of the continuous integration uh, suite. You know, which is is generally going to be a factor of ten or or more less than the than it would cost later. So great, thank you for bringing that up. Are uh, there questions, comments? No? Okay. Um, so I had a couple uh, comments, uh, questions online. So Scott asks uh, Are you on a new screen? I see test automation ROI. So Scott, this might be your first one key idea, but in this these these webinars, unlike our hour long webinars or 45 minute long webinars, we're, we're trimming them. Instead of going through a big long slide deck, what I do is I pick one key idea, hence the name, and pretty much riff on that for 10-15 minutes, and then open it up for Q&A, and then wind it down. So that's sort of the idea. This is kind of a lightning talk kind of uh, approach to webinars, which. Uh, I think is is uh is kind of a a good way to go. Um, give little doses of ideas as well as big ones. I got a uh, question from Ian, um, who says good evening from a cold Macclesfield in the UK, and I bet it is cold there. But uh, be of well, <laughs> going to say, be of good cheer there, Ian. I'm I'm going to be in Buffalo, New York, next week, which if anything is probably colder than Macclesfield, which right now. Uh, it says, is the ROI of the fourth execution and the 18th execution, quote, from your own statistics or these ROI per execution and in industry statistic? Uh, Ian, these numbers that you see on this slide here are entirely made up <laughs> for illustrative purposes. They have no basis in fact uh, other than coincidentally at some places you might come up with these numbers. Um, it any mean, any industry statistic which I could have dug up and quoted, and I'm, I'm sure I could have found some, um, would have been meaningless anyway, in the sense that uh, the, the variability in terms of average cost to develop an automated test, average cost to execute an automated test, and average cost to maintain an automated test are enormously, um, variable from, from one organization to the next. So any any kind of use of an industry average would, would immediately be along the lines of that old joke about the statistician who has his foot in a bucket of boiling water and a foot in a bucket of ice water and says, on average, my feet feel great. Um, so thank you, Ian, for asking that question and giving me the opportunity to make that clear. These are made-up numbers. What's important is that you get numbers that are real for you and that part of your test automation strategy is um, uh, looking at that. Okay, that seems to uh, bring to the end our questions. So we did indeed hit our target of achieving delivering the one key idea in 20 minutes or less this time, so this is great. Uh, this brings to a close the RBCS uh, webinar series for 2017. Uh, We will be publishing the 2018 webinar series here sometime in the next two to three weeks on our website. Uh, In addition to the traditional um, 45-minute long webinars, we will do the one key ideas. And we're also opening it up to something new, um, which is uh, we're going to try to incorporate guest webinars where I pair up with another uh, industry person and uh, do a joint discussion with them. If you have any suggestions, um, would like to introduce me to somebody who you think would be a good industry expert for me to have that discussion with, I would be all ears. So uh, please, please let me know. I hope you guys have a great holiday wherever you are in the world, and I look forward to seeing you back in 2018. Thank you.